around the world and coast to coast. This is the Phil Nason Show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes. Talking NBA. Today is the premiere edition of season number 10. And I can't believe we've been here this long. And we're really happy to have you with us. Bovada and Dollar Shave are continuing to sponsor this show. That's a thrill and a half. We're going to talk NBA today. A lot of NBA today. Joining me to start the season. He was here to end last season. Please welcome from rotowire.com. Alex Reclean, you are in the house. What's happening, dude? Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. Congrats on your uh, 10th season. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I'm a glutton for punishment, apparently. <laughs> Especially after the last show that you and I did. <laughs> last show was great. And that we didn't awesome. get nearly as much uh, criticism as we expected. No, we did. I just kept it from you. <laughs> I mean, I got hammered. I, it, they usually just email me because they've learned that I blocked the Twidiot and I uh, kind of keep the Facebook page as clean as I can, if mm. you will, because it's kind of a mixed bag of tricks over there. Yeah. But they email me directly, and that's okay, because you know something? What I didn't say that day and what I had said four months ago was that Kyrie Irving was unhappy. And everybody told me I was full of crap. And now he's demanded to be traded. You got a mess in Cleveland. You've got some great things happening around the NBA. Golden State, I think, got better. But your beloved Celtics acquired the, probably, arguably, the best player in the free agent pool in one Gordon Hayward. What did you think about that? Oh, I mean, I loved it. How, how could I not be thrilled? Um, you know, we got, it's much better than getting Paul George, who's probably a better player, but not by a ton. And for only one year when he wants to leave at the end of the year, we've got Gordon Hayward, our best players already um, got an attachment to our coach. Uh, I, I couldn't be more excited and I think we've got a legit shot at we've got a shot at the at the finals this year. Okay, I think that you might be right. We'll get to the Cleveland mess in a minute. But you know, one of the things that we saw last year at the beginning of the season, you remember the best team in the West at the beginning of the season wasn't the Golden State Warriors. And I don't think it was the San Antonio Spurs either, but it was the Los Angeles Clippers. And the reason is is they'd been playing together so long, it didn't take them long to get it together. Whereas mm -hmm. now you're looking at a Boston Celtics team that are only returning six players. Uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned, but I mean, they're pretty core players. A lot of the players that we got rid of are non-critical. Um, you know, Avery Bradley hurts a bit, uh, but I mean, are we really going to miss Amir Johnson all that much? Um you know, we still have Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, Jay Crowder. I, those are the key guys, most of the key guys from last year, and they're back. And probably more relevantly, this roster has seen a ton of turmoil since the moment Brad Stevens took over, and it hasn't held us back one bit. 
we've exceeded expectations every season. That's a very good point, too, dude. A very good point. I have come around on Brad Stevens a bit. Now I have him in my top 20, as you know. So that's a good, that's a big jump from where I had him last year. <laughs> I can't. That, what do you want me to do other than laugh? He's a top five coach. Nah, not really. But you know what? The thing is, is the, the top five guy who built this team is Danny Ainge. And everybody was laughing at him. And he didn't technically try to tank. He made. I, I saw an ESPN the other day. ESPN did a thing about how the Celtics rebuilt their team, mm-hmm. and I still remember the flack he caught for trading Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Yeah, and that was a big thing because look at all the picks they have. Look at all the picks they have in the future. This guy has more picks than a deck of than cards. Then roster smart. Then roster spots really. Well, right. It, I, it's actually a a sort of problem that. At some point down the line, he's going to run into is either he's going to have to give up things for nothing or he's going to need to, you know, just like a fantasy manager, he's going to need to, you know, pull some two for ones to consolidate some of these assets. He's got he's got more talent and more he's got more talented prospects plus first round draft picks than Roster spots. Let me give you three names. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Antti Zizic. Those three kids would be welcome addition to any NBA basketball team. Maybe not the Warriors, but because they're loaded too. But that is the kind of drafting that he's done yeah. over the last four years, over the last two seasons. This Zisich kid is going to be a big addition if he, if he can crack the team. I mean, the thing is, is that one thing that I ask people when you talk about Brad Stevens, and I've asked you this too, I believe, but over the past four seasons that he's been the head coach now, how come they can't seem to get a rebound? Um, if he's so that... clever, if you could, if if Billy Donovan, who doesn't even rank in the top ten, can figure out a way, a scheme to get Russell Westbrook those rebounds he needs in order for him to get a triple-double, why can't Brad Stevens do the same thing and figure out how to get a damn rebound? If they could rebound, they would have beaten Cleveland last year. Rebounds are a big problem. I, I don't know what the problem is there. Um, the problem is is the coach doesn't know how to devise a scheme. He's very good at timeouts, but that's it. And, and the thing is, and he's very good at motivating these young people, and he's gotten players around him that aren't, egomaniacs who won't say who are you and where did you play like say some teams that we'll be talking about in a minute but outside of that that's why i put him where i put him and, and because you see this this great great influx of talent and granted brad stevens has done a decent job with those kids he really has underachieved under, he, he's actually overachieved and that's a fantastic thing but again if you can't devise a scheme in order to get what you need based on the talent that you have, and they had some decent guys. Let's face it, they've had Horford's not a bad rebounder. No. Why can't they get a rebound? I mean, it is a problem. It's still sort of you're you to ignore the turnaround he has brought for numerous players NBA career. He's he it's not just that he's good at timeouts. I mean Evan Turner has 
60 million dollars that he wouldn't have had because of playing for a year under um Brad Stevens. Right. I mean his I contract you. is his contract's like 72 right now. There's no way he was making, you know, more than 10, 11, 12 on that contract without Brad Stevens turning his career around. Um there have been a couple examples like that over the last couple of years. So to say that he's a timeouts guy and that's it is is really sort of missing a key piece. But I agree that there is a problem with uh, our rebounding. Some of it is personnel, but you are right to say that it is not all personnel um, and that the scheme is difficult. And and you touched on something else, which is sort of interesting and not related to this conversation, which is people talk about um, the Thunder last year trying to unnaturally boost Westbrook's stats. They, it wasn't that you know, people were backing off. It was, that was the scheme, as you said. Right. Yeah, yeah, he sure. was, the the game plan was for him to get rebounds and their points per possession when he got the rebound was really high. It was, oh, I, I know. I it was actually really impressive. Um, so it was an effective scheme that they had there. But, you know, that that's sort of another track, uh, not related to Well, this. right, but that was, but the whole point is, is if they can do that for him, why can't this top five coach do that for his team when they need one? I mean, my 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 guess, my my hope, maybe I'm being optimistic, is it hasn't been a point of emphasis. You know, you can only work on so many things in practice. Right. And especially as the Celtics have been rebuilding, they wanted to establish themselves as a place where free agents wanted to come. And part of doing that was helping players improve and getting people paid. And they've done a fantastic and very successful job of that. And so I'm hoping that the reason that they haven't been able to effectively scheme better in terms of rebounding, for example, is that it just hasn't been a point of emphasis. And now that we have the talent to potentially make the NBA Finals, and in an era that the Golden State Warriors don't exist, challenge for the title, um, maybe even have a, have a chance at that. I, I'm hoping that now that that's a new point of emphasis and that's where we shift in the future. Yeah, I hope so too. Otherwise, he stays in my top 20 and not, <laughs> and not any further because that's, it's a valid concern. If you can do all these things with such talent that you have and it's not – exceptional talent, then why not? Why not come up with that little wrinkle? Now, you mentioned free agent destination. Let me ask you this. If Gordon Hayward hadn't played for Brad Stevens at Butler, would he be a Celtic today? I think he'd probably be a member of the Jazz. But... If he were not a Jazz, if you told me that Gordon Hayward was not a member of the Jazz and he had gone to, you know, some generic big school, not Butler, I still think he comes to the Celtics above anyone else. I think that we are the top destination outside of the Jazz for a player in his situation um, with or without that personal connection. And sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay, uh, dude. And so I think we're the top destination for him. Um, 
especially after uh, Paul George had been traded into the Western Conference and Jimmy Butler had been traded into the Western Conference, you know, it you look around and a, you're barely the same talent that is barely a top four team in the West is a cakewalk to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think that that's a huge pull. And when you add to that what Brad Stevens has done with this, with the players that he's had and what Danny Ainge has managed to do building this team, I think that that's a really attractive destination. I mean, we got Al Horford. He was, what, the second biggest free agent on the map the year before? Oh, right. Yeah, sure. That surprised me, by the way, that he would go to Boston. And we were apparently one of Kevin Durant's finalist choices. You know, it was apparently down to basically the Warriors or us or the Thunder. Um, You know, I I think that Danny Ainge and, and Brad Stevens have established the Celtics as a free agent spot. I think that the myth of people wanting to play in a big city is kind of gone now. I think that players want to play on a team that has a chance to contend. And the only things that can really edge that out are income taxes. So big boost to Florida and Texas. Right. And for some players, um, weather. Uh, I think that for some players, weather is sort of a big draw. I would Um, think so too. But I don't think that that's going to apply to everyone. And I think, and Boston's a relatively large city even. So I think that, I think that the Celtics are one of the top free agent destinations in the league right now. Um, And if Gordon Hayward's not staying with Rudy Gobert, I think that where, where he goes. But I think Rudy Gobert is enough to keep him there without the Brad Stevens connection. Well, you know what? 17 championships has a pull, too. That's why I'm surprised that the Lakers can't get more people. But I think that's going to change, too, now. I, I have a feeling the Oklahoma City Thunder is going to wind up being the G League team for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very real possibility that both of them just sort of shift on over. And the Lakers have given them, themselves that kind of cap room to make that a reality. Um, I I actually, I'm not sure how much the championships is a factor. I'm sure for some players... It's an attraction for me. But I think be. for I think for others, it's probably a push. It's you know, it's almost intimidating. You want to be a legend. How are you going to be a legend where there are so many other legends? You know, I mean, LeBron James is a top three player all time, no matter how you look at it. But he is the guy in Cleveland forever, forever. Because Cleveland's got nothing and LeBron James in Boston would not be the consensus best player to ever play for the Celtics. There would be a heavy contingent that is arguing for Bill Russell over LeBron James. And so I'm not saying that I don't think LeBron James has ever had an opportunity to even consider the Celtics, but I don't think that. 
the 17 championships is necessarily a pull. It can be a pull. I think it can be a push. I think teams are, I think players are much more interested in current ownership and management than what happened 30 years ago and what happened 40 years ago. And in the case of the Lakers, I, you know, sure they have, I think they're at what, 16 championships, but their management has been in such a disarray for so long. And it looks like that might finally be turning around with Michael, with um, Magic and with Walton. But for so long, their management was in disarray that the allure of playing, you know, for this storied franchise was sort of overshadowed by the fact that you didn't trust the current management to have enough of a connection to the old management. That's a good answer. For me, I grew up watching Celtics-Lakers, watching my Knicks go up against the Celtics. The Celtics have always been in the NBA mainstream and always will be. And if you're an NBA basketball player, a future one, you, you've got a chance to play for a team like that with a franchise like that to go out there and step out on that parquet and have a good time, to be in that locker room. Okay, it's not the same one, obviously, as it was <laughs> before. But the thing is, it's Just, this. I understand a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, of course, because they were different then. Back then, they didn't pamper the athletes like they do now. And then, of course, they didn't have the same problems then that they have now either. Guys really wanted to fight and win. They couldn't wait to win a championship. You put, you know, you put your players, I'm from an old school, and my way is always to be tough on them in practice and to be tough and to not pamper them and to not pat them on the head and, and always tell them how great they are. Because they want to win. I want the most difficult part of their life to be with me. And when they play against their opponent, it won't be so bad. That was Red Auerbach's school. That was all these guys' schools. That's why Pat Riley won wherever he went. That's why Phil Jackson, well, Phil Jackson is kind of the same frame. But you get my point, is that you're seeing the Celtics, though. It's just, I'm playing for the Celtics, man. The Celtics are a name brand all around the world. And you know what? I wish them a lot of luck this year. I really do. I don't think it's going to go as smoothly as some would think it would be. I don't think Gordon Hayward is all that in a bag of chips, but that's just my opinion. So, But here's the thing, though. You want to talk about the guy who wants to be a legacy guy. <laughs> I don't. He didn't listen to this show last time. Kyrie Irving demanded a trade because he doesn't want it. He wants to be the face of the franchise. He doesn't want it. That's what he really wants. He doesn't want to be the focal point because he already is. He's just not an efficient focal point, as we pointed out last time. You know, this guy hoists up 26 shots per 36 minutes when LeBron is not on the floor. That's crazy. Now he wants out. My question to you is this, though. From a strictly business standpoint, if you could do this, obviously it's going to be tough with LeBron having a no-trade clause. Who do you trade, though? Would you trade Kyrie Irving or LeBron James? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I could figure out a way to get rid of LeBron, I would. I got my championship. I don't need that pain in the ass in my locker room anymore. Well, the answer is a little complicated. First of all, LeBron has a no trade clause right. and he's not going to waive that. Nope. So um, the whole conversation is sort of moot in the first place. No, However, I'm going somewhere if, with if, it. If, if you had the option, you would rather trade LeBron than Kyrie given his age and given um, – the years on the contract and given the fact that 
when you're trading LeBron, you could get someone to give up their future for LeBron because LeBron's a ticket to the finals. LeBron well, Walker trade. Le, LeBron ha- gives you a chance at a, a at a banner like no one else. And so and and you that's worth literally mortgaging your future. That's worth giving up your next three first round picks and your best young prospect for LeBron. Uh, whereas the available trade package for Kyrie is much lower. However, <laughs> the whole the whole conversation is also moot for an entirely different reason, which is the explanations being provided for Kyrie wanting to leave are fooey. They're absolute <laughs> nonsense. Of course. They're not they're not internally consistent. The day that we found out that Kyrie wants to leave, quote, because he wants to be the guy, the first team we learned about that he wanted to go to was the Spurs. Right, of course. Yeah. Kyrie may be a cocky man, but he is not so cocky to think that he is a better player than Kawhi Leonard. That's Let's hope just, that. He he's not insane. He went to, I mean, he must be, he's not, he's not an insane human being. He's actually a relatively, you know, his understanding of, 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 you know, geography aside, Uh, there is some evidence of his intelligence. Um, it's, it's insane. It's not true. It is the, the report. I think it was Sheridan who came out with it yesterday that LeBron is leaving no matter what at the end of next year because the relationship with the owner has deteriorated too far and he's just he's out no matter what. It's part of why he's not going to waive the no trade clause because he's not going to do the owner any favors. And it's in it's the real reason why Kyrie Irving wants out. It's because this team is the only team in the league managed worse than the New York Knicks. And as soon as LeBron James is off of this team, the New York Knicks will finally have another franchise that they can feel bad for. (laughs) That's a good point too. They are toxic. I covered them last year. I can tell you, I know they are toxic. The, The funny thing is, is Kyrie wants to go to the Spurs. Now, why would Kawhi Leonard want to play with him? This is a guy who doesn't make any of his teammates better. This is a guy who's also injury-prone. Okay, he had a good season last year. He's not going to be the focal point of that team either. He's never going to be the best player in that franchise history. Kawhi Leonard might have a chance to do so, but not with a point guard like him. So scratch that. You know what I would do, seriously, if if all this is true, of course, because there's another side to this. The other thing is LeBron and Kyrie allegedly have cooked this all up so that they can both go and play together in Miami next year when he's a free agent. Now, I don't know about all that. I don't think I honestly don't see Kyrie Irving playing for Pat Riley. I have a hard time seeing Kyrie Irving playing for any credible organization to be honest. Anyone who wants to play that has a knowledge of basketball, a modicum of knowledge. Of course, the rumor is now is that Kyrie Irving for Kristaps Porzingis that would be a dumbass move, too, for the Knicks. The Knicks are going to trade away a kid who's humble and who knows how to be a team player for a guy who isn't? That doesn't make sense. Kyrie Irving had a nice playoffs last year. He really did. He still didn't win, and he's alongside the King. 
I say scratch them both from our lists. I can't wait till LeBron James retires. And I can't wait till Kyrie Irving gets traded to a team that sucks. And in five years, they're going to still suck because it's Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving, he is he is an, an, an incredibly talented scorer. And what he can do with the ball is, is impressive. Um I, I so are the love, shoes, by the way. I tried them on true. this year. I, I love watching him take someone one-on-one. Me too. But when he – if he ends up somewhere where he actually is the guy, we could be looking at a Kevin Love in Minnesota scenario where we're talking about can this guy ever get his own team into the playoffs. Um, if, if he goes west – if he goes to any Western Conference team, he has a legitimate shot at just not ever making the playoffs. Um, <laughs> That'd be great, which it? would be which would be kind of hysterical. Because uh, our, and, and our would, last podcast would be van, yeah. validated. Yeah, and it would, and I, and I like LeBron a bit more than you do. I would appreciate what that does to LeBron's legacy in terms of showing that. LeBron was just so dominant and and he's what made Kyrie Irving look better and he's what made that Cavs team look better. Um I think that that tw- that his 20 uh 2016 what well, yeah t- it was 2 years ago now his 2016 NBA finals uh and the fact that the Cavs won that is going to look better and better as time goes on. These these Warriors are just otherworldly these warriors are going to be written about in basketball books for generations and the fact that lebron stole one from them is it is i think it that's going to look as impressive as anything see i love lebron you you got me all wrong i love him as a human i've seen what his money has done for kids in akron ohio for example oh yeah i've seen him firsthand take care of people firsthand i know all those kids Maverick, Rich, I know all of them. I know the story about how they all hooked up from people who were there. And I can mm-hmm. tell you this. I love the, that guy. But I'm tired of all the drama that he creates. But more importantly, right, right. that's what I mean. That's what I meant by all that. I love LeBron. I think he's one of the best human beings. And the way he's not afraid to speak out now, I mean, he's immediately oh, yeah, speaking. Nice. He jammed up those those races faster than the president did, and that's the president's job. It's It's been fun and interesting watching him go from an 18 year old kid and watching him mature in real time. And there's never been a human being in the world who has had the, this kind of scrutiny on him day in and day out from when he was a 16 or 17 year old kid until, you know, he's, in now in his mid thirties or early thirties, I guess. Early thirties. Um, he's your age, I think. He's a couple years older than me. Only a few, but a couple. <laughs> um, and it's you know you don't usually get to watch someone grow up, and you don't usually get to watch someone mature like that and watch them change. And we've really seen that from LeBron. Uh, and I think that that's in in all seriousness, I could see psychologists writing books about this in the future just because there's so much more evidence about LeBron James going through these critical periods of brain development than um, 
any other human in history. But we're getting a little far off of basketball, so we can sort of. No, that's back. okay. That's, <laughs> that's how we do it when we come on the show here together. That's that's fine. I tell you though, uh, that team's in turmoil, man. I need a bottle of Pepto Bismol if I'm gonna cover them again this year because they they're goofy. I think I'm looking that at their roster right now, and oh yeah, and I'm looking at their depth chart, and it looks. It's kind of it doesn't look so good. So center's okay. Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love is sort of a backup center. Channing Fry, if he's healthy, he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. But the power forward, uh, you know, depth chart has it's deceptive because the top four guys, the top three of the top four guys are the same as center, and you can only play one position at a time. And then the next guys you got are. Jeff Green, and that's worrisome. Yeah, and, be, yeah. And Richard Jefferson, and that's worrisome. He's got a great the, podcast, though. <laughs> yep, I've not, got, yep. Not as great as this one, but it's good. Of course there. not. Of course not. Uh, Easy now, Richard. You ain't getting close to me yet. When you get 10 <laughs> years, then you could come and talk to me because I know he actually listens to this show. And the backup point guards, Derek Rose, Jose Calderon, it's... You left out a name, bro. I'm going to give you a name. Uh, you hear, because, you know, Alex and I are also considered fantasy basketball experts. Even though when we come on, we don't ever talk about it, but we do. Pay attention to this. Eddie Tavares is going to steal the show this year. He's going to be some kind of player for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's going to have a non-guaranteed contract, but that's okay. That kid can play. He can block shots, and he ain't been kardashian <laughs> At least not yet. Ah, uh, we'll see. I'm not sold. We'll 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 have to we'll have to set up a fantasy day to talk about him. Well, you know what? We will because that's but that's so far down the road. Today it's only the 17th of August. I don't even start thinking about fantasy sports until the middle of September. Oh man, I've got five articles this week. Yeah, uh, I check out you do, check yeah. out my uh, tears article on Yahoo coming out sometime next week. Oh, you're writing for Yahoo now, aren't you? Uh, a little bit of Yahoo, mostly, still mostly RotoWire and DraftKings. Um, oh, right, you're writing for DraftKings now too. Yeah, you're a busy uh, guy. Got it. Got to keep busy. Me too. I, I, as you know, I'm pretty busy also. Oh, but yeah. here's, but here's the thing: you have to do that, otherwise you won't eat. But the thing is, is this: Cleveland's a mess, and they still might make the finals even without Kyrie Irving. I think they're that good because of LeBron James. Because of LeBron James, yeah. seven I mean, straight finals, dude. If LeBron James, I mean, I mean, without LeBron James is the only chance they have at beating the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the Celtics are the all-around better team. They're the better constructed team. They've got more versatility. They've got more depth. But you just, how do you pick a player? How do you pick a team that doesn't have two of the top five players in the league to beat LeBron James. I, I can't, I don't, I can't pick, make that prediction. So, you know, you, you've got to assume that LeBron James is in the finals until he somehow isn't. Um, but the roster around him is going to be worse than it's been in a while. Probably, um, yeah, but he got to the finals with that rubbish roster, if you remember. So, Anything's possible, but you want to talk about somebody who has not been past the second round and who everybody calls point god. Chris Paul got traded to the Rockets. How is that going to work exactly? Now, think about this. You got Mike D'Antoni, who's a fast-paced coach. 
You've got James Harden who loves to fly. You got Chris Paul who likes to tread water. What is that going to do? How is that going to work? So, so here it comes. You can't figure it out so either. They're talking, so they're talking about having um, one of Paul or Harden on the court at all times. So they're only going to be overlapping for 15 to 20 minutes a game is at least what D'Antoni has said so far this offseason. So I think that maybe they slow it down a little bit with um, when Chris Paul's running the office, offense alone. That seems a little unlikely given D'Antoni's track record. Um, I think that when they're on the floor together, they let Harden continue to be the point guard. I mean, I'm guessing here, right? But I, I, I think that they let Harden continue to be the point guard so that they can push the ball and um, they can push the speed without really killing Chris Paul's legs. And he can be more of that sort of shooting guard, stretch the floor. He's got a killer jump shot. Yeah, He's he an does. excellent excellent three-point shooter and a great passer too yeah i mean he i mean they he's better than patrick beverly at everything patrick beverly does except for injure piss off piss off russell westbrook that's that's easy to do but i pissed him off many times no problem oh but no one no one does that like patrick beverly does i laugh patrick beverly patrick beverly is the best at at that in in the league he's a Uh, rucker park street legend that dude um so he's so you know but other than that chris paul is better than patrick beverly at basically everything beverly's a little younger and so he's got a little fresher legs but whatever um so i I think that that's how they do it for all of the time that james harden is on the floor and that allows a little bit less strain on chris paul so that during those 15 minutes a game when he's alone without Harden, he can kind of push the ball a little faster than he's used to. That's my guess at how they're going to try to work it out, at least in theory. That makes sense, man. You know, that's a good idea. I, when I look at the, but I'm, I'm more intrigued by their bench. You know, Houston had a pretty good uh, summer. They got yeah. P.J. Tucker, who's another one who stretches on a, the floor. On a good contract. Oh, yeah. And they got Luke Mabamut, who's an exceptional defender. And Tariq Black is an, a, a nice young player, too. I like what they did. I, and they brought back Nene again, and that's not a bad idea. I think he's good for a few minutes. And they got the sixth man of the year, who I didn't think should have won it, Eric Gordon. But uh, at the end of the day, this is not a bad team. And you're going to see them score a lot of points, but... It's kind of strange that they got players this year who are known for their defense as well, like Chris yeah. Paul. And like Clint Mabu Capella Mabu. is really – I mean, he's only entering his fourth year in the league. He's only 23 years old. Watch Clint those Capella, pick and rolls with him and Paul. Clint Capella is, is someone who I've sort of been – I've thought was a little overrated – uh, especially for much of last year. But what I saw from him late last season and into the playoffs, I think that he is a solid, solid piece. Um, 
And and I like having Tariq Black around in case Nene is is hurt. Um, you know, I like Tariq Black coming off that bench. Uh, although, side note on Tariq Black, some someone on Twitter the other day said that they if they were redrafting the 2014 draft, they would pick Tariq Black ahead of TJ Warren. I'm I'm not crazy. That's crazy, right? You know what? That's t- but see, you're paying attention to the Twitties again. <laughs> That's valid. That's valid point. Um, <laughs> the Twitties. You yeah, can't. Was... You know what? Twitter has turned into a serious, serious joke. But you know, and 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 Woj too. Woj is now working for ESPN. So can we trust him now to forget Twitter? Come to the Phil Nason show. You get all the straight hits. Like the Kyrie Irving was upset four months ago. I never forget that. And I don't want anyone else to forget that either. Eric Gordon, though, six man of the year. Can you imagine him coming off the bench on this team? If this team can stay healthy, of course. With Luke Mabuamut and Troy Williams. By the way, Troy Williams is a nice player. I watched him play for Memphis last year a lot because I do that Memphis Grizzlies show, which helps keep food on my table. He's going to be a nice player. And in a system like D'Antoni's, that's amazing. But I want to ask you something. Carmelo Anthony says that he's only going to take a trade to the Houston Rockets. Now, why does he want to go and play for a coach he had fired? <laughs> uh is this is this becoming more and more like Peyton Place than the NBA? I think that it's like a soap I think, opera. I think like that he he doctors. I think that he's friends with Chris Paul and and he wants to play with Chris Paul. It's clearly a solid roster that uh that it you know can go deep into the playoffs. And I think he looks at this team and he just looks at what Ryan Anderson is doing um, on this on uh, was doing last season. And he says, look, I'm just the best possible version of that player. I'm at least as good at defense as Ryan Anderson, and I'm infinitely better on offense as Ryan infinitely Anderson. Infinitely better. And yeah, Ryan Anderson is a good offensive player. Um, yeah, but D'Antoni, why would you want to coach a guy who got you fired? I, I mean, because really? you're professionals. But because you're you're paid professionals, you have a job and you have a goal, and you sometimes you gotta put the past behind you and work towards the thing you want today, and you just gotta both agree that even though you're not actually going to be able to forget what happened in New York, the only way this works is if both of you pretend that you've forgotten. And it's the only way to handle it like adults. And I think that they got to handle it like adults. And and they're saying, look, I'm willing to be an adult if you are. That's a good point. That's a, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Carmelo's going to get him fired again. But I don't <laughs> think the Knicks... I don't think the Knicks are going to wind up trading Carmelo. I don't have any idea what the Knicks are going to do. I guess if you want to, you know, blindfold me and spin me in a circle and then have me pick from a bag blindfolded, uh, you know, that's probably just as good at predicting what they're going to do as someone who walks into their office and asks management what the plan is. Um, I would like to I would like to walk in and ask them what the plan is, but then Daryl Morey isn't going to tell you anyway. And that, you know the funny thing you said something too. You said a team that has a roster that could go deep in the playoffs. 
led by guys who haven't. So there yeah. you have it. This is going to be an interesting season for sure. Uh, Rondo went to the Pels. Your dude. That's my love. dude. Rajon I, I, Rondo. Still, I still love Rondo. You know what? Uh, but I guarantee you the Celtics don't. And the reason they don't, if he doesn't break his thumb, they don't get to the finals and Brad Stevens stays at number 29. I think he still that would not have won a playoff series. Sweet. I think that that's silly. Yes, the Bulls were playing well with Rondo. Really well. But I think it's silly. I think we would still have beat them. No, um, no, no, no. Game seven match, it was over. Regardless of that. Um, no screaming I, for rebounds. Regardless of that, I... So the pro, so <laughs> the, you know the Pelicans are a problem. On the one hand, if this th- there's so much talent on this roster, and the NBA is such a talent dependent league that you would assume that they've got to make the playoffs. And I am willing to overlook the fact that they didn't play well with Cousins and Davis together last season because when you bring in a new superstar, it never goes well in the first couple of games. There's always an adjustment period. There was an adjustment period when LeBron went to Miami. There was an adjustment period when LeBron went back to the Cavs. Um, You know, the only... The smallest adjustment period that I can think of with, you know, a big star joining a team was Durant joining the Warriors. And as I've already mentioned earlier, the Warriors right now is the stuff of legend. They are just an unstoppable behemoth. They don't just belong in conversation about regular teams. So I'm okay with the fact that the Pelicans didn't do well since after Boogie joined um, at, at the trade deadline. I think that Drew Holiday is a is a good point guard for the pair of Boogie and and the Brow, but I don't see how Rondo fits into this scheme at all. And I actually think that even though talent wise he's a clear upgrade, and talent wise he's clearly you know the third or fourth best player on this team i think that he actually hurts their chances of making the playoffs and going back to fantasy i think he hurts the fantasy potential of boogie davis and drew i think they played really i thought rondo and uh boogie played really well together in sacramento but they got rondo more that's isn't true it? and the kentucky connection you know, uh, they were there. I think they did. They overlap it. No, no, no. I think no, they, Rondo was gone. Rondo Boogie was came. gone long before Boogie. But I mean, but but Rondo was probably visiting practice and seeing Boogie when Boogie was there. I mean, there was probably at least some connection between them. And you're right. I liked what they did together in in uh, Sacramento. I actually hadn't thought about that. Well, that's okay. This. That's why I'm here. I'm still kind of yeah, holding thanks. up the top big <laughs> no, that's a good here. point. <laughs> but Drew Holiday, though. See, Drew Holiday, I think they got him as an insurance. I think they got Rondo as an insurance policy for Drew Holiday in case Drew Holiday gets hurt or something happens with his wife. You know, he's been through some stuff. And maybe they did that. Plus, you know, they didn't have anybody else, really. The The... The signing that intrigues me more is the one with Ian Clark. 
Now, Ian Clark is a sharpshooter, and he left Golden State finally because he's not going to get on the floor on that team unless somebody gets the night off. Here he's got a good chance. If you could put together, if you could get him on the floor and City Tuan War down, which is not going to be hard, I don't think, perhaps you got something here. Solomon Hill had some nice games last year. I think that this is a really good team, dude. And I think Rondo makes it better. And if something happens to Drew Holiday, wouldn't you want someone like Rondo to be able to come in and deal with things? Plus, Rondo can play 40 minutes still, and he's a triple-double machine still. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird piecing together. Um, it, it's, it just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like this is, it doesn't feel like this. We're looking at a completed picture here. That's fair enough. But this um, is Alvin Gentry's last stand with this team. That that might be true. I think. Yeah, he's history. I mean, he might be history by Christmas if they don't start out well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Rondo, you know, he's he's only thirty one, and he's he's shown, you know, in the playoffs last year and at, in at, in Sacramento that he's still got gas in the tank. Oh, got lots of gas in the tank. If he's in a situation that works well for him. Yeah, but he know? could be a knucklehead, man. <laughs> I mean, have you ever heard of anyone else who got fired in the middle of the playoffs? I I, I think that's unprecedented, right? An NBA player getting getting fired in the playoffs and it'll never happen again. He's that's Rajon Rondo is the only person who will ever do that. Well, that's um, the thing. That's the, the the smarts about Danny Ainge. Yeah. He, he traded him to the right situation and got a bunch of picks for him, too, going back to Danny Ainge. But I like Rondo, dude. I think he's, I, I want to see the Pelicans do something. Anthony Davis, okay, I'll, I'll lay my cards out on the table. No. If you're thinking of taking him around – with the first or second or third pick of this year's draft in your fantasy draft, say no. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's missed a lot of time. He only missed, he only missed seven games last year. I mean, he, he's got an injury history, but it's not quite as ugly as, for example, um, I think that, the injury history around Anthony Davis is not really more scary than the injury history around Kevin Love, but we only talk we talk about Anthony Davis as a big injury risk and Kevin Love not at all. Yeah, so, but, but here's the, here's the thing though. This is this is why I say that. You you say he only missed seven full games, but how many half games did he miss? Yeah, he left a bunch. A bunch of them. The you see, that's the thing. He's only he's only good for a half of those games. Because the way he plays, it just predicates that. It's part of it. I mean, he, he he's reckless. He's a young guy, and he still thinks he can do these things. Now, maybe playing alongside Boogie Cousins will stop some of that. That's why they brought, Remember, Cousins, that's why they brought Omar Asik in there, so that perhaps it I think, free. I think Boogie Cousins is – that's why I was such a fan of the Pelicans bringing in Boogie, because – Boogie can take those bigger guys on and spare Anthony Davis some of that bruising. You know, Davis doesn't have to guard Mark Gasol anymore. Boogie can. And 
Boogie can take that hit. Boogie's, you know, got that meat on his bones. And hopefully that will spare Anthony Davis just some of that gradual wear and tear that over time leads to him leaving games in the third quarter or, you know, missing a couple of games. That's a good point, man. Now here you go. Last one, dude. We got, we got time for one more. The Minnesota Timberwolves. I was going to talk about Dwight Howard and them, but I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it with Omar in a couple days. This is a team who has had troubles in the past. They've had lots of draft picks, lots of lottery picks. But I got to say, they did a pretty good damn job this summer. They got Jeff T, which is not a bad move. They traded for Jimmy Butler, which was a very good move. They signed Taj Gibson, which was a good move. They signed Jamal Crawford, which was a really good move, I thought. This has been a good summer for them. Does this get them in the playoffs? It has to. If it Jimmy, doesn't, then what happens? If it doesn't, then Dantone, then um, Thibodeau should be fired on the spot. This is another team Thibodeau can burn out because they're all young. If they if the if they get eliminated from the playoffs, the the moment that the whistle blows on <laughs> at the end of that game, management or the owner, I guess, because because he's both coach and um, GM, uh, the owner needs to to walk onto the floor and not even let Thibodeau back into that locker room and say you're out. You're done. You're, you're gone. Uh, <laughs> Adios, amigo. Literally, he doesn't. He, he, if this team cannot make the, if this team cannot make the playoffs, then Thibodeau needs to be fired faster than any coach has ever been fired. Faster than David Blatt with a big winning record. <laughs> um, I, they they have no excuse, and I think you know. I don't love everything that Thibodeau has done. I the I like Taj Gibson joining this team, but Taj Gibson, his contract is for double what it should have been, and that's going to be a problem, you know, entering free agency next year. That they're paying Taj Gibson seven million extra dollars just for free, just because Thibodeau likes him from working with him in. Um, in Chicago, you know, he's getting 14 million a year for two years. He should be getting 14 million period for two years. Uh, but I mean, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler are too talented not to playoffs, to, not to make the playoffs. Just like um, Anthony Davis and Boogie are too talented not to make the playoffs. Yeah, but this it, roster is so much better than the Pelicans. This roster is so much better than the Pelicans. This roster has depth. You know, the Pelicans have four good players, and then it kind of falls off a cliff. Ian Clark, you mentioned, might be the Pelicans' fifth best player, which is a frightening thought if you are the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, is looking at this Timberwolves roster, what number, you know, is he the ninth? Is Ian Clark the ninth player? Is he the tenth? Uh, does Ian Clark make the rotation for the Timberwolves? So I think that, the Timberwolves are obviously in a better position, but the talent at the top is just way too high for them not to. I, I, honestly, making the playoffs is a disappointment. They should be 
I think the sixth seed or above. I think so too. You'd think they should be, but the West is really stacked. This is it a is. brand new team. You've got Jeff Teague is like a roller coaster, but maybe he finds his way under Thibodeau. Butler's Butler. But how are they going to, how is, there's only one ball. I mean, I know that I've said that before with some teams, but these guys are also young dudes. How are they going to handle all this? Like, Wiggins and Towns are used to being option one and two. Now they're going to be options three and four. Um, There's going know, to be a trade there somewhere. I, Something's I going to have to happen there because you're. I'm talking. You're talking about two young dudes. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is the third fastest to three thousand points in history, and he's a young dude. He's 22. Carl Anthony Towns is 21. These are young guys. They're going to have a hard time adjusting. Jimmy Butler I mean, is much more mature than these guys are from a player standpoint and a human being standpoint. So Jeff Teague had, had 7.8 assists last year. He's hit seven assists a couple of times. If they can coach him into being more of a pass-first point guard, and if they can get his assists up over – you know, eight and a half, and maybe he loses a couple of points. Maybe he goes down to 13 points per game, then, uh, you know, takes a couple fewer shots. I think that that helps a lot. I think that you want Jeff Teague as sort of the dribble drive, the distributor, but you would prefer to have to have those shots distributed through Wiggins, Butler, and Towns, I think that that would cover a lot of sins. Um, and and if you're boosting Teague's assist stats enough, then you 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 know you're avoiding any potential issue about uh, oh you're killing my stats and um, and and you know that's going to damage my marketability in the future. But also, I mean, Teague's got a three year contract. He's got some security. He's a 29-year-old guy. He's been in the league for uh, this is going to be his ninth season, I think. Yeah, he's been around a long time. You know, uh, they're talking. there's already talk about perhaps trading Jeff Teague for Kyrie Irving on the 15th of December. That, that would mess up that whole team. I don't see why that team. helps. That can't help that team because Teague is – you know, I used to hoot on Teague because I, I formerly hosted a Atlanta Hawks show. But the answer is this. Teague will at least distribute the ball. Teague will kick the ball out to guys. He's got three guys on this team who can shoot threes for real, Butler, Wiggins, and Towns. This is the best team he's ever played on talent-wise. Oh, yeah. This is going to be oh, good. Yeah. And you've got Taj Gibson coming off the bench, a little bit of enforcer. Yeah. Jamal the, Crawford, the, the, who can hit shots. Hawks, the 15-16 Hawks would like to, would like a word with us. No, but they wouldn't this is... because I've already told people many times how much I love that team. But this team is more talented. You this didn't team have is a, more talented. You didn't that have a Jimmy Butler on that team. team. You didn't that, have a Carl Anthony yeah. Towns on that team. Not even close. I, I agree. This team has more in terms of raw talent. That team worked better as a team. It was probably better. Mike Budenholzer, that was the best job Mike Budenholzer done in right. Atlanta Hawks shirt. But, I mean, position by position, you know, the Hawks win on power forward, and that's it, right? That's it. Um, 
Yeah, position. They're loaded, position. dude. I mean, they you got loaded. you got you got like a tie at center. I'll give Carl Anthony. Yeah, Towns but you ain't got you ain't got no six man like Jamal Crawford. No, no, you don't. No, man, you don't. That's what I, I keep mean. forgetting that they got him as that they brought him in as their sick man too. And I'm thinking yeah. about how good they are. They're going to be really good if they can put it together. If they can keep the young guys in check and let Jimmy run the show, and that's what's Crawford's going to happen. Crawford's another pretty good deal. Um, oh you yes. know, Crawford. It's, I mean, Thibodeau is just one, he's one of these GMs who keeps falling for this classic mistake of falling in love with the, with the wrong guys and paying because they love a guy. Um, you know, the Teague signing was a relatively fair deal. The Crawford signing was a good deal. And then they just, you know, oh, we got a couple extra million here, Taj, you want it instead of saving it for flexibility, um, this year or next year. I think that was exactly right. T-Wolves probably make the playoffs. We'll be talking more as these before training camp about which teams won't because Alex is going to be a part of the show again this year, correct? Yeah, absolutely. For four years now, dude. Yeah, I was I was looking at the... It's been four years. It's kind of wild. I've been with Rotowire for a long time. Never officially, but officially. Yeah, I'm a Rotowire guy. I gotta get them. I gotta hit them up about my subscription, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine I, just refreshed. <laughs> yeah, see, I gotta get that done. I haven't talked to Shannon in a long time. I need to do that. Rotowire is your number one site, though, for fantasy sports information. It's fresh and clean every single day by guys who sometimes aren't necessarily fantasy experts. You know, Andre will be on the show too this year. Andre Snellings. And that's going to be fun. We're going to have Amar back here. We're going to have J.A. Sherman. We'll talk. We'll do a whole show on the Thunder because I hate the Thunder and I love to bash them. And he's a good sport. We got so many great things happening for you. Have the Thunder in the top four this year, though, right? In the West? Oh hell no! I don't have him. Oh, I, I put him on. in the lottery every year. Oh come on! I'm not even going to get into why. I, I'm saving it for J.A. so he can cry on the phone. He he needs to do that. But I tell you what. You've come a long way in these four years. You're now writing for Yahoo Sports. You're writing for DraftKings. And you're also obviously writing a lot more for Rotowire, including a article featured in the print edition of the Fantasy Football Guide. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you very much. It's been an exciting time. And you can find Alex at, what is it, A-Riclean? Just Riclean. R-I-K-L-E-E-N. Just my last name. There you find him over there, and you can find him at Rotowire and again Yahoo, DraftKings, he's everywhere. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves, be good, and most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. <laughs>